Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. We are so glad that you're with us. And good morning to everyone who's watching online as well. If you're watching online, uh, would you write something in the comments so that we know who is with us? I, w I have a lot of announcements this morning, but the first one is Catherine and uh, all of the parents and everything, all the volunteers led the best egg hunt yesterday. It was absolutely amazing. So give them a hand. That was awesome. There was kids everywhere in the church yesterday. So uh, next weekend, um, it's, it's a whole community thing. And next weekend is uh, RAM. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's the medical clinic that's going to be at Gadsden City High School next Saturday and Sunday. Um, so people that are needing medical care that might not have insurance can go to the high school and get the care they need. But our church is uh, very involved in that. Our missions team is going to be making... Uh, one of the, supplying one of the meals for all the workers next weekend, which is amazing. And uh, we actually have staying here at our church is going to be 20 medical students from Emory University will be sleeping here like it's the Holiday Inn, our church. So it's going to be amazing. So it's so awesome. It's so awesome that we can do that. So we want to be praying for all the people there. And I just want to ask if you are helping in any way with the Ram Medical Clinic through our missions team or volunteering there as for any reason. Would you stand up so we can see who you are? Awesome, awesome. I have more announcements to make, but I want to stop and say a prayer for the, for the Ram Medical Clinic, if that's okay. Loving God, we lift up all of the workers, all the volunteers that are going to be working at the Ram Medical Clinic next weekend. God, we pray for those who will be coming for care. We pray that you will uh, supply the physical needs that they need. I pray that you will bring healing to them. But God, we also pray for the spiritual needs to be met. We pray that everybody that comes there will know that they are greatly loved by you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So next Sunday is a really big Sunday. It's United Methodist Women's Sunday. So I actually heard about the choir next week. Are they throwing all the men out of the choir next week? Awesome, awesome. So it's going to be it's going to be great. And if you look back at the sound booth, uh, Sheila Freeman, who uh, runs our media, she's going to be our preacher. How awesome is that? So you don't want to miss. Yeah, you can't miss next Sunday. Um, I want to invite everybody to stop uh, by for Sunday school next week. You'll love our Sunday school classes. We have Martin Fellowship. Um, we have uh, Living Waters class, and then up in the gathering room, we have um, our class. We don't even have a name, but we're just for any, any age group can come up there. We have kids. We have people who are advanced in age for a wide, wide range of ages, and we're doing Bob Goff Love Does. We have a blast up there. And uh, my last announcement is check out our Wednesday nights for uh, youth and kids. It's absolutely amazing. We have a blast on Wednesday nights. And we may have the two best uh, small groups for grown-ups in the world. We have Pastor Sam and Harriet's classes on Wednesday nights, and they're awesome. So come check that out. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful for Easter. Uh, we are thankful that we can come and worship here. God, we pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Sunday morning, I invite you to stand together as we sing hymn number 302. Christ the Lord is risen today.
and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Our awesome children's director, Miss Catherine, is going to be taking our kids to children's church. So I've seen a lot of beautiful and handsome children running around here. So we go over here to your right and my left, and there we go. Here we go. All right. We'll be selling bottles of this energy in the Chestnut Lobby out there. To, I'm just kidding. I wish we could, though. All right. I do wish you would go by the Chestnut Lobby after the service today because y'all all look amazing. I do wish you would go by and have your pictures made uh, in front of our little backdrop that we have out in the lobby of Chestnut Street over here, right through the Hazel Oliver entrance over here. Um, it's always a wonderful and special time whenever we give of ourselves to the Lord in service like we've done all, like, all week long and, and all the time with, with our, our wonderful staff and our volunteers. We have the best lay folks and best staff around. It's always a wonderful thing when we give our tithes and offerings knowing that this keeps the ministries going and keeps us sharing Christ, making disciples, serving and giving hope in this community right in downtown Gadsden. So thank you for that. Today is extra special though because we also want to receive an Alleluia offering. We've been putting word out about this. We do it every year. Alleluia offering is just a way to say thank you Lord for all of the great things you're doing in my life. And here's something extra. And we always use the Alleluia offering for something extra in, in the church. And many of you have already given thank you so much. If, if you want to give your Alleluia offering today, you could put it in an envelope. The envelopes are out or just, just write Alleluia on there or however you want to do it. And you can also give online and give your Alleluia offering that way. And uh, we will be announcing, uh, first of May, we'll be announcing how much we, how many Alleluias we got. So uh, thank you so much for your generosity. And let's pray right now. God, we are so grateful and we remember what you have done for us, especially on Easter Sunday morning. Your great love for us, you gave it all. You gave it all. You didn't hold anything back. And God, 
help us to have that same generous, loving heart as we give to continue the, the ministries of this church and to touch people's lives in your name. Amen.
Please be seated. We come to our time of sharing our joys and our prayers. Um, I want to hear it come and pull on my sleeve and tell me about an answer to prayer. Send us an answer to prayer, joy, a, a God sighting that you have had because we love to celebrate with you. We also want to hear about your concerns and your prayer requests. You can jot those down on a, a prayer request card and give those to us. You can send them to us, uh, fumc at fumcgaston.com. You can email those to us. You can write them. Uh, if you're watching online and worshiping with us that way, you can, you can even just put it in the comments section and we will make sure that we pray for you. That's one of the things that we do. I want to invite you now to join me as we take our joys and our concerns before God. Our gracious God, we want to begin by just telling you how much we love you and how grateful we are to be able to celebrate and worship today on this, this Easter Sunday. And Lord, to remember your great love for us. That's what Easter is about. It's about your great love for us and the hope that we have that because you are resurrected, we will too. And that even when things look dark, even when things are, are bad, we have that hope that death could not hold you down, that, that evil will not always have the upper hand and that the worst thing that happens to us will never be the last thing that happens to us. So thank you, Lord. We celebrate the joys that we have because you have been so good to us. You have provided for us. You are our redeemer. You, you guide us, Lord, when we need guidance. You give us healing. You give us hope. You give us strength to fight another day. And now take our concerns that we have for ourselves and for others and, and just receive those as we offer them up to you. We hold them up to the light and you are the light. And we trust you, Lord. Even now, Lord, we remember those who are worshiping and as, as our friends in, in the church in Poland did in our sunrise service today, remind us that that everyone who worships this Easter Sunday is, is not, having it, uh, not having an easy time of it. We pray for those refugees, Lord, that are, that are worshiping, that are far away from their homes, their homes who may have been destroyed. We pray for all those who are suffering because of war or atrocities or oppression all around the world. And we pray for all those who are hurting now even if they are, are, are not uh, in desperate surroundings, they might be desperate on the inside. We pray for all those who need a touch of hope today. And we pray that you would teach us now to pray the prayer you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
hope that everybody that, that comes here to Gadsden First United Methodist Church feels loved and treasured. We have a lot of treasures around here. One of our treasures is Dorothy Robinson. And Miss Dorothy, I'm going to ask you to come and share. Uh, uh, Dorothy wrote an Easter wrap for her grandchildren. And uh, she shared it in her Sunday school class. And everybody came up to me and said, Pastor Tim, you got to get Dorothy to do her Easter wrap. Got to get Dorothy. So she has graciously agreed to make sure that's unmuted there, Pastor Andy. And uh, so now, uh, Miss Dorothy, with her Easter wrap. Wrapping. Wrapping <clears throat> for Jesus by Dorothy Sullivan Robinson. I love the Lord because he first loved me. He came and died on Calvary. He had to do this, there was no other way, to take all our sins away. Man was sick within and without, doing things he should have left out, like lying, stealing, and idolatry, a fussing and a fighting and a acting out, not realizing what life was all about. He did not care what he said or thought, and he didn't obey what the Savior taught. Jesus healed the sick and he raised the dead, but still sinful man wanted him dead. He was misunderstood and put on a cross. He went through all of this because we were lost. But he didn't stay dead and in the grave. He arose on Easter day with our debts all paid. He asked his father to forgive and give man another chance to live. He even loved us just the same and wanted us to bear his name. For a love like this, we ought to repent and try to make sure our wills are bent to his will. And then we ought to be willing to forgive one another and to live like him, loving our sisters and our brothers too, doing good deeds like our Lord would do. I'm so glad that he died for me and in him there is victory. So let's all rejoice and be thankful too. Our Savior lives and we can too. Okay, thank you so much. I kept expecting Andy to go, or something back there, I don't know. The only thing we could do after that is stand up and sing ourselves. Let's sing number 310, hymn number 310, He Lives. Serve a risen Savior, He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever foes may say. I see His hand of mercy, I hear His voice of cheer. At just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me. Along life's narrow way, he lives, he lives, salvation to impart. 
We have the best music in this church, I'm just telling you. Um, I want to know, JT, where are you? Oh, there you are. JT, are you providing ice for, for Benny's fingers and for Rhonda's fingers? You're making them play Haydn and Beethoven, and we still got Handel to go. Ice their fingers down. Oh, my goodness. We are, we are blessed. And I want to ask you to turn with me to, to Acts chapter 10 today. It may not, be, uh, may not be the scripture that you're used to hearing on Easter Sunday morning, although it has Easter written all over it. Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. The words will be up on the screen for you if you want to follow along there. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching the peace by Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee for baptism that John announced how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all people, but to those who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last week on Palm Sunday, I, I talked about what happens when Jesus comes into town. And what happens is uh, we, you know someone somewhere has prayed. And you also know that when Jesus comes into town, Jesus brings revolution with him. Revolution not of a political or a military kind, but revolution of the heart. Revolution of the heart. Acts chapter 10 is one of the most revolutionary, heart revolutionary chapters in the whole Bible. So here's what I mean by that. You know, we get up in the morning and we might have mm, some, some bacon or some sausage or anything. That sounds pretty good. And on Sunday, especially on Easter Sunday, I, I heard two or three people talking about, well, I've got to go somewhere and find the ham. We've got to have ham on Easter, don't we? You know, uh, it sounds, sounds really good. And yesterday, I drove by... I, it, did any of y'all drive down Rainbow Drive yesterday and see all of the people trying to get into the top of the river? Uh, y'all know what I'm talking about? Stre not, it was just, it was jammed. People trying to get that catfish. We love our catfish and our barbecue and all of that kind of stuff. Well, I'm not trying to just make you hungry. I want you to know that in Jesus' day, for a Jewish man like Peter... They would rather die than eat any of that stuff. 
They would rather die than eat a piece of bacon or a ham or catfish because the fish has skin and not scales and it was all prohibited from them and people did die over stuff like that. You can read about it in Jewish history if you're a history nut like I am. In, in, not in, it's not recorded in our scriptures but in the Apocrypha in 2 Maccabees chapter 6. Read the story sometime. Read the story sometime about a man named Eleazar. Eleazar is a really interesting character and, and his story has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. In Jesus' day, every child would have been told by his or her parents about Eleazar. Old Eleazar. He was an old Jewish scribe and he lived right around the 160 BC or so, right during the time of the rule of Antiochus IV, the Seleucid king who who's, was just hell-bent on destroying the Jewish religion. So much so that he declared himself to be God, Antiochus did, declared himself to be God and demanded that everybody worship him. Antiochus burned Jewish books. He, he made it illegal for Jews to observe their, their religious holidays or observe the Sabbath or he made it illegal for Jewish parents to have their sons circumcised. He took over the temple and he set up an altar there to, uh, to a pagan god and he sacrificed pigs on the altar in the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. So, how Eliezer fits into this. Eliezer was a 90-year-old Jewish scribe. And, and he, was, he was kind of famous around town. And, and Antiochus had him captured. And they took Eliezer and they tried to force him to eat pork. They'd re they literally tried to pry his mouth open. And when they got it pried open, put pork in his mouth and he spat it out. He refused to eat it. And so they took him and, and they had him stretched out and tied to a wooden rack, okay? And then they had a guy there with a whip who was, whose job it was to, to beat this 90-year-old Jewish scribe until he agreed to eat some pork. Now, the guy holding the whip loved Eliezer. He, everybody loved Eliezer. Everybody in town knew who he was. And so the guy holding the whip went and whispered in his ear and said, Eliezer. Look, don't, you don't have to go through with this. We will have, I'll have somebody sneak in a piece of roasted lamb. And, and you can eat that lamb. And, and you can say that you ate pork. And, and we won't have to beat you with this whip. And here's what Eliezer said in response to this. And this is 2 Maccabees chapter 6. Eliezer said, such pretense is not worthy of our life lest many of the young should suppose that Eleazar in his 90th year has gone over to an alien religion and through my pretense for the sake of living a brief moment longer they should be led astray because of me while I defile and disgrace my old age. So Eleazar was beaten to death because he refused to even pretend that he was eating something that was unclean. 
declared so by his law. And this guy was a hero to the Jews. He was a hero. And every parent told their child about this. I can just see Peter, who, who we're talking about in our story in Acts chapter 10, when he was a little boy sitting around a campfire and Peter's dad saying, telling him the story about Eleazar and, and how he, he was beaten to death rather than even pretend to eat a piece of pork. And then I could see Peter's dad leaning over to him and saying, son, be like Eleazar. And Peter said, I will, dad, I will. But then Peter grew up and Peter started following this man named Jesus. And Peter came to know that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter did all kinds of things with Jesus. He saw him do miracles. He saw him feed the 5,000. Peter walked on the water with Jesus. How many people can say that? And Peter heard Jesus say these words, and we can read it in Mark chapter 7. He heard Jesus say this, Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from the outside, talking about eating like unclean things, Whatever goes into a person from the outside cannot defile that person since it enters the, not the heart but the stomach and goes out into the sewer. And by doing that, Jesus declared that all foods were clean. And so Jesus was going to, what he was trying to point out is, this: look, it's not the catfish or the barbecue that's, that's making you unclean. It's the stuff that's coming out of your unclean heart. It's, all, it's the hate, it's the prejudice, it's the unkindness, it's the... All of that stuff that's coming out of a heart that's unclean, that makes you unclean. It's not eating catfish. Whew, right? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? When you're raised a certain way, how many of you know that old habits are hard to break when you're raised a certain way? Here, yeah. Old habits are hard. And, and, and so Peter, even though... Um, Peter had heard all that. He'd seen all that. He'd gone, even though, even after the resurrection, after he, he ate with the resurrected Jesus, after, even after the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on him and, and he preached and all of that, even after all of that, even during this time, Peter still maintained the kosher diet. That's just how he was raised. But you know what gives me so much hope when I read about Peter is that Peter was a work in progress. And I'm a work in progress too. It says Peter came to understand that God shows no partial. He came to understand. God's still working on him. God was still working on him. God's still working on us. Here's how it happened. One day, about lunchtime, Peter went up on the roof. They had flat roofs. And, and if you wanted a private moment to yourself, you go up on the roof, right? He, wanted to, he was waiting for lunch. Lunch was being cooked. He went up on the roof to pray and just to have some time alone. And while he was up there praying, he went into kind of a trance and he saw a vision. And in the vision, here's what he saw. A big sheet was, was let down from heaven. And on this sheet were all kinds of animals that to, to him would have been unclean. I don't know what the animals were, but there were plenty of animals, according to the Old Testament, that were forbidden. They were considered unclean. 
And so all of these animals are on this sheet. And the Lord spoke to him from heaven and said, Peter, kill and eat. Kill and eat. And I'm a country boy. You wouldn't have had told me twice. I've been like, okay, what are we having today? But Peter said, no way, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean, and I'm not about to start now. I don't know that Peter did this. It doesn't say anything. But I can imagine Peter quoting to the Lord the scripture from Leviticus that said, I'm not supposed to eat that. And the Lord said, really, Peter, you're going to quote Leviticus to me? I said, don't you call unclean something that I have called clean. Peter was a work in progress. Took him a while to learn. Takes me a while. I'm slow to learn, right? And slow to change. This vision came three times. And so then the sheet was taken back up into heaven. And about that time, Peter hears a knock on the door. And some people were coming from Cornelius's house. And they said to him, Peter's mind still reeling from all this stuff. They said to him, we want you to come with us to Cornelius' house. And you're thinking, oh, no big deal. Well, it was a big deal. Because Cornelius was a Gentile. Cornelius was a Roman centurion. But here's the thing about Cornelius. Cornelius was seeking after God. Cornelius had a heart for God, Cornelius was praying, Cornelius was giving money to the poor, and the Holy Spirit said, you go with them to Cornelius' house, and Peter did. His mind's still reeling the whole way over there. You know why? Because it's against the law, it's against the Jewish law for him to go into a Gentile's house. It would have made him unclean. And a Roman centurion on top of that, are you kidding me? But God said, go, and he went. And when they got there, Cornelius said, hey, Peter, nice to meet you. You know what? Four days ago, I was praying, and a young man in dazzling clothes, sounds like an angel, stood before him and said, hey, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard, and the alms that you have given to the poor have caught God's attention. So what I want you to do now, Cornelius, is send to Joppa for a man named Simon, who's also called Peter, send for him and ask him to come here. And then he'll tell you what to do next. And so there is Peter standing in Cornelius' living room, standing in the living room of a Gentile, standing in the living room of a Roman centurion. Did I, did I tell you that when Jesus comes to town, he brings revolution? This is the first thing I want to tell you about being Easter people. We are Easter people. And Easter people are revolutionary people. I'm talking about a revolution of the heart. Now, if you are a note-taking person, and I know some of you are, then I'm gonna give you like an acronym for Easter. Just write down the side of your page, E-A-S-T-E-R, and I'm gonna give you an acronym for that. The E and the A, and this is verse 35 in Acts chapter 10. Every nation acceptable to God. That's the E and the A. Every nation. Now, the word nation here is the Greek word ethnoi, which we get our word ethnic from, because Jews 
in Jesus' day uh, saw no difference between their ethnic identity and their national identity. Jewish was a race and a nationality together. Okay, but here's the thing about that for them. They had this pride and prejudice thing going. Pride and prejudice. I'm not talking about Jane Austen, although that's good too. Read that book. Pride and prejudice. Pride in their national and ethnic identity, which is, oh, you know, that's okay. Pride in the fact that God had chosen them and given them the law. And, and, but together with that, prejudice against others, outsiders, people who weren't like them, people whom they considered unclean people, all of those bacon, catfish, barbecue-eating people over there we don't want anything to do with. You see, pride and prejudice. And along comes Jesus. And Jesus challenges their pride and their prejudice. He challenges their nationalistic ideas and their prejudiced way of thinking. He does crazy things like calling tax collectors to come and follow him, be his disciples, and eating with sinners as well as with Pharisees and taking his followers over into Gentile areas and, and going into graveyards and casting out demons and sitting down by a well with a Samaritan woman. All revolutionary stuff, all revolutionary. So Jesus said, when Jesus was taken before Pilate, and we remembered all of this uh, in our, our Tenebrae service Friday night, when Jesus was taken before Pilate, Pilate kept asking, are you the king of the Jews? Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, you don't understand. My kingdom is not a political, national kind of kingdom. It's a kingdom of the heart. If my kingdom were a political, national kind of thing, then my followers would be fighting to get me released from your custody. But my kingdom is a kingdom of the heart. You can't stop it. You keep saying my life is in your hands, but it's not. You can't stop this. We can't forget it, Easter people. We can't, we don't dare forget. We don't dare forget to get pulled into the gravitational pull of, of all of the things that divide us and, and all, of the, all of the hatred and all of the scorn that we have in our society today, in our world today. We don't dare swim along with the current of that. We're Easter people. <clears throat> Took Peter a while to realize that, I know. He said, I now realize that God shows no partiality. It's like I didn't always realize that. I now realize that. Our first allegiance is always and ever to be followers of Jesus, to have God first. And you know what? That is going to swim against the current sometimes. It's going to be different it's going to boggle people's minds. We, as followers of Christ, should blow people's minds with the way that we love and welcome one another. Did you know, if you think about it, in the first century, 
there was one place and one place only where you could find males and females and Jews and Gentiles and, and uh, slaves and slave owners and Greeks and Romans and all of them all in one place gathered together all doing the same thing together. Only one place and that was in the first century church. Revolutionary y'all, revolutionary. Second thing I want to tell you about Easter people is that Easter people are radical people. And that's the S and the T of Easter in verse 38. Spirit anointed, empowered, tyranny busting ministry. Now, radical. I don't want to be any kind of radical. That is a negative word for me. But I want you to think about it in this way. In the dictionary, one of the definitions of radical is favoring basic change. We need to reclaim the meaning of that word as radical followers of Jesus. Not that we're extremists, okay, but that we favor basic change. Because as I said, the gravitational pull of this world is toward the status quo. Look, let's just keep things like they are. Let's just keep people in their place, right? But Jesus, anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, says in verse 37, he went about doing good. He went about healing those who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. And you know what? That's our mission too. Not to let the status quo go by, not to let the tyranny of the devil keep going around, but to bust that stuff up. To say, no, that's not okay. It's not okay. Is it a slow change? Does it happen over time? Sure it does. Sure it does. I'm sure there were people in in Peter's day that were like, well, you know, we can worship together, but I'm not sitting with one of those Gentiles. I'm going to sit over there. Just just give me a little time because... I don't know. I'm going to go to the, look, I'm going to go to the church social, but I don't know if I can eat barbecue just yet. You know, I know the change is slow and I know it takes time, but y'all, the Holy Spirit came upon us at our baptism like it came upon Jesus. And everywhere we go, we're supposed to continue his ministry of doing good, bringing healing, busting up the tyranny of the devil. Everywhere we go and see something that doesn't look like the kingdom of God, we are supposed to use our spirit-given gifts to make it better, favoring basic change, changing for the better, reclaiming our identity as radical followers of Jesus, who are just, by the way, older, ordinary people, see something that doesn't look like heaven and wants to make it better. Does that stir something up in you? It does in me. It doesn't me. It's okay not to go with the flow, y'all. It's okay to stand up and say, no. Jesus said, everyone and every nation, anybody and everybody who comes to me and wants to do the right thing, they're welcome. Easter people 
finally are resurrection people. And that's the other ER. Every one who believes receives our resurrection from the dead. Resurrection. And resurrection, yes, that one day, because Jesus was resurrected, one day we too will have resurrected bodies. One day we know that the worst thing that happens to us is not the last thing that happens to us. But here's what I want you to hold on to. Hope. The resurrection is hope. 1 Corinthians 15, it said Jesus was raised from the dead, the first fruits. That means there are other fruits that are coming after us. There are other people that are going to be resurrected. We will be resurrected too. All who have died in Christ will be resurrected. We are Easter people. That's why we can have hope. In a world that's full of pandemic and panic and war and rumors of war and Oh my goodness, everything that wants to steal away our hope. We remember the day when the women came to the tomb expecting to anoint Jesus' dead body only to find a resurrected Jesus. That's who you are, that's who I am. I saw a video recently, it was a, I think it was a TikTok video. Y'all don't judge me. I watch sometimes TikTok videos. Pastor Andy makes TikTok videos, I watch them. I saw a TikTok video, and this was around women's soccer or something like that, and, and uh, it was, it, and it was sports related, right? But here's what caught my attention. She remembered who she was and the game changed. Right? You know that, that rocky moment. Da, 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 So I think that's kind of what we need to do. Remember who we are because it's a game changer to remember that we are the spirit anointed, empowered to do God's kingdom work, turn the world right side up people. Carry that revolution on. Let's pray. God, thank you for Easter. Thank you, Lord, for that hope that we have in you. Thank you, Lord, for the difference you make in our lives. Thank you that even old dogs can learn new tricks because you're always working on us. Help us, Lord, to carry Easter hope from this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you uh, something very important before we sing our closing hymn, which is Easter people, raise your voices, number 304. But um, after, after that hymn, I, I'm going to have um, a, a prayer for you. But we're going to have a special benediction today because it's Easter. And I'm going to get all of y'all, you will be standing when I do my prayer if, as you're able. And then I want you to turn around and do an about face. And I want everybody, as we sing the hallelujah chorus together, to look at the resurrection window together. That's the way we're going to 
to end our, our Easter experience today. Does that sound like fun? Let's do that, all right? But first, let's stand. Number 304, Easter people, raise your voices. from this place Easter people help us to spread your hope and love everywhere we go amen